Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. I must have slept really well last night because I woke up feeling a lot better about the Sacramento Kings draft than I did when it was actually going on right after it happened and right before I had gone to bed. Davion Mitchell, I understand his fit a little bit more and suddenly there is room for him on this Kings roster as Sacramento has executed a trade sending DeLon Wright as part of a three-team deal to Atlanta And in return, the Kings are getting Tristan Thompson from the Boston Celtics. I'll tell you why I'm not the biggest fan of that trade, even though I understand I guessed why the Sacramento Kings did it. But also on today's podcast, Chad Ford from Chad Ford's Big Board NBA Draft Insider. You saw him on our Locked On NBA Draft show. He is back on the Locked On Kings podcast with me here today. He and I are going to discuss the decision of drafting Davion Mitchell, and he's going to share why he gave the Kings overall an A-minus grade in their draft. It's all right here on today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six, nearly seven years, and this will be season number eight for me covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. Now, just because I'm feeling better about the Kings draft as a whole, the Davion Mitchell selection today than I felt last night, doesn't mean that my concerns last night have just gone away. I'm not just drinking the purple Kool-Aid, woke up this morning and said, hey, all those legitimate points I made on yesterday's Locked on Kings podcast as to reasons to be confused or concerned about the pick, I'm just going to ignore those now because everything's hunky-dory fine here in Kingsland. That's not the case. I still have my concerns about Davion Mitchell, his fit with the Sacramento Kings going forward, the decision to take Davion Mitchell when this team lasts significant wing depth that I thought that they could address at number nine in this draft, even with Franz Wagner off the board at eight. But let me tell you why I'm feeling a little bit better this morning, because I thought about it more. And also Monty McNair's comments in his post-draft press conference last night helped make things more clear. McNair said it plain and simple. He said, our philosophy with this draft and with all drafts is to take the best talent available no matter what. And I actually asked him to go into more detail about that, what he meant by best talent available, because that could be different things to different teams, right? Does that mean the most immediate impact player, the best talent that can help this team win right away, which is what I thought the Kings would be looking for? Or does that mean player with the highest ceiling, even if it's going to take two or three years to develop? And Monty basically answered the question by talking about the opposite. He answered it in a negative by saying, What the Kings try to do, and it takes discipline, he said this, what the Kings try to do 
is when they approach making a draft selection, they try and put positional fit and need as low on the totem pole as they possibly can. They try and put that secondary to player talent and their natural ability. And I understand for the most part, why you would have a philosophy like that. You draft a player, you essentially get contractual control over that player for upwards of eight years, give or take. Now, how many Sacramento Kings picks haven't even made it to the eight-year mark? I mean, almost all of them, except for maybe Jason Thompson, right? So the Kings have not had the best luck getting to those eight years, but regardless, you're getting control of a highly talented player that even if they don't fit with your roster day one, doesn't mean they won't fit a year or two down the road. Also doesn't mean that that talent that you acquired can't be moved later on, even a couple months from now, as a tradable asset. It's kind of what I think the uh, draft philosophy of the Golden State Warriors is in draft Jonathan Kaminga. Kaminga doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense for the Warriors with where they're at right now, although I do think Kaminga could be more of an immediate impact player than people think. He's more considered a developmental project. Well, the Golden State Warriors, they're trying to get back into the title picture. They're trying to win right now, and their timeline doesn't necessarily make sense with Kaminga, but Kaminga could be a valuable trade asset, maybe in a Bradley Beal trade. So I understand that philosophy. I understand where Monty McNair is coming from. But still, though, if you're going to draft a talent like that and he's going to remain on your roster in Davion Mitchell, you have to find a way to play the guy. And Monty was asked about that, and I like what he said. He said, look, we are going to find a way to, to make our best players play. Our best players are going to play. It's essentially what he said. And I get what he's saying, of course. I, I understand it, it, it's very simplified. But in order to do that, you had to make a move Kind of like what you made today, the swap of DeLon Wright for Tristan Thompson, essentially. Now, I'm not a big fan of this move at all. I'm getting ahead of myself, though. I'll talk about that trade in just a little bit. Let me tell you why with Davion Mitchell, I'm feeling a little bit better today. Because even though Davion Mitchell isn't a wing, he doesn't address the biggest positional need here in Sacramento. Even though your backcourt was then just loaded with with pieces, with talent, you decided to take another guard instead of going even for a big man or a wing in the draft. You still potentially got the player that fits the most needs on this roster. Not necessarily positional needs, but what have we talked about this Kings team lacking? Defense, physicality, and that like, dog mentality, right? And it seems like Davion Mitchell checks all those boxes. Hell, I'll even add floor spacing in there. Davion Mitchell shot 44% his final year at Baylor. I don't expect him to do that at the NBA level, but like I said yesterday, if he shoots 37 plus percent from three-point range, good enough for me. That'll work at the NBA level, and he has to be able to shoot, especially being a 6-2, maybe 6-1 guard in the NBA. You have to be able to shoot if you're that size. So that's going to be a big question mark for us to keep our eye out on. I hope that 44% three-point season was an anomaly for him. But floor spacing, physicality, aggressiveness on the defensive end, and he's that dog mentality. And when Davion Mitchell spoke very briefly with the Kings media after being selected, he brought up himself how he's kind of that dog. That's the way he plays. And if you haven't gone down a YouTube rabbit hole of watching Davion Mitchell play in some of his defensive moments uh, at Baylor, do yourself a favor and go down that rabbit hole. There's some fun highlights and some fun things to watch there. I really think Davion Mitchell is quickly going to become a fan favorite because of the way he plays the game. And look, the two biggest comparisons that I've seen or heard for Davion Mitchell have been 
Patrick Beverly and Marcus Smart. Two players that in the last four years, we've talked about the Kings needing significantly. I guarantee you, now Davion Mitchell's of course not the tallest guy, but if someone pulls Chemezi Metu, if Jonas Valanciunas is going to pull Chemezi Metu off the rim and throw him to the floor, Davion Mitchell's going to say and do something about it. If someone's going to push De'Aaron Fox into the, or rather Tyrese Halliburton into the front row seats, which happened at some point late in the season, Davion Mitchell's going to do something about it. And that's a, a piece, that's a presence that Sacramento has been missing. And then, of course, we know defensively, like this team was historically bad defensively. Perimeter and uh, interior defense didn't matter. Defensively across the board, this team was terrible. So Davion Mitchell checks those boxes. He fills those needs even if he's playing at a position that you didn't necessarily need a player at. So he doesn't check the positional need box, but his play style, what he provides, checks all these other boxes over here. So that's what made me feel a little bit better about the pick today is because I think he can be that. Now, I still have question marks about this three-guard lineup that we're hearing, the possibility of him, Fox, and Halliburton playing together. I'd like to see the Kings give it a try. I'm really not going to believe it until I see it type thing. But I also like the idea of the Kings keeping DeLon Wright in Sacramento, having him, whether it's he and Davion Mitchell coming off the bench as a couple of secondary ball handlers or regardless. I really liked what DeLon Wright provided for the Kings. And I'm not happy that the Kings decided to move on from him. I understand why he's a lot easier to move than Buddy Heald, and you have to free up some roster space in that backcourt. Not to mention, the Kings have a qualifying offer out on Terrence Davis, and I would be surprised if Terrence Davis is not back in Sacramento next year, unless cap space-wise, they really don't have the room to do it, although that doesn't really make sense, but because of his rights, they can go over the cap in order to re-sign him. So I imagine Terrence Davis is going to be back here in Sacramento. That would have been uh, five guards, if you're including DeLon Wright. Well, Wright's now gone. I understand the acquisition of Tristan Thompson, because the Kings are looking for depth at that center position, and essentially Tristan Thompson is a safety net. If the Kings are not able to re-sign Rashawn Holmes, Tristan Thompson is a capable starting center. I'm not the biggest fan of Tristan Thompson, but his biggest strength is rebounding. He's an interior presence. I understand his potential fit in Sacramento. Overall, this move to me was underwhelming, if a little bit disappointing, because I really liked DeLon Wright. I really liked DeLon Wright, and I thought he could have continued to be good here in Sacramento. Now, what's also a little confusing about this deal is that the Kings added salary, a little over a million dollars of salary. I think DeLon Wright's at like 8.4 or 8.5 a million dollars this season, and Tristan Thompson's at like 9.7. Uh, okay. Like, it's only a little bit over a million, so it's not the biggest deal in the world, but we know the Kings don't have that much cap space to really spend and 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 fill willy-nilly especially if they're still going for Rashawn Holmes and I wouldn't be surprised at all by the way if I'm recording an emergency podcast at some point this weekend because free agency starts Monday Rashawn Holmes is a day one or day two free agent the Kings need to free up money quickly if they really want to have a shot at re-signing Rashawn Holmes which means maybe a Buddy Heald deal is still on the horizon Maybe a Marvin Bagley deal is, is in the works, or at least the Kings are shopping those guys, trying to figure that out. So we'll have to wait and see in that front what the Sacramento Kings try and do. But they still have more moves to make. This Tristan Thompson addition for DeLon Wright is not enough. 
it's not enough. That doesn't really make the team better. I look at this roster, how it's constructed, and I say, hey, they've addressed some needs. They've gotten a little bit better defensively, we believe. They've added physicality. They've added more of that dog mentality and that aggressive presence that they've been looking for. This team, I don't necessarily have to question if they're going to be as soft as they were, but I don't think they're talented enough still to make that leap into the playoffs in the Western Conference. So this, this team still has more moves to make. I would have preferred DeLon Wright be here and Buddy Heald be gone. And Buddy Heald might still be gone. But if the plan is now to keep Buddy around because you freed up that one spot, not a fan of it. Not a fan of it. I still think Buddy Heald uh, needs to be on the move. I think Marvin Bagley needs to be on the move. And the Sacramento Kings need to find a way to free up cap space quickly so they bring back Rashawn Holmes. And therefore, Tristan Thompson is either another movable asset that you have or he's a more than capable backup big. More than capable. So let me know how you're feeling about this trade. Let me know how you're feeling about the draft now that you've had time to think it over and soak it in a little bit. And maybe this will help you feel a little bit better. My conversation with Chad Ford, of course, NBA draft insider, really NBA draft guru here, part of the Locked On Podcast Network family. He labeled the Kings as one of his big winners on draft night, giving them an A-. minus. He'll explain more behind that. Plus, I'm warning you ahead of time, he brings up a rumor or a conversation that's been happening amongst league circles as to why the Kings decided on Davion Mitchell at number nine. And it has to do with ownership involvement, something that we spent too much time talking about here in Sacramento over the past few years. So my conversation with Chad Ford is coming up next. Last night when the Sacramento Kings made their selection of Davion Mitchell at 9, I was confused. I didn't necessarily understand the pick right away. And when thinking about the Kings' lack of wing depth and the amount of wings that were still available, or in particular both Moses Moody and Book Knight, I wasn't necessarily a happy camper when it came to the pick. But after getting a good night's sleep, I think I understand the selection a little bit more. Uh, hearing Monty McNair say that it was all about drafting the best player available, things are starting to make sense. But Chad Ford pretty quickly, along with a, a few other national draft analysts, decided that they liked this pick a lot more than I and many of us in Sacramento did off the jump. Actually, Chad, you shared that it grew on you a little bit. Welcome back to the Locked on Kings podcast, my friend. It's so good to have you back. We're getting you twice in a month. It's uh, we're, we're spoiled with that, my friend. Thank you so much for coming back on. Well, after that virtuoso performance uh, in the live uh, draft last night, I hope every Kings fan saw that. Like, You can get me on the show whenever you want. That was like a highlight for me of our, our broadcast last night. Well, I can have fun making fun of my own team, but in reality, I, I wish we were making fun of a team that was losing in the playoffs or, or something was going wrong on a good team rather than things going wrong on a bad team, which is how it has been. But with all these struggles on draft night that the Sacramento Kings have had over the years, after landing Tyrese Halliburton last year, the pick of Davion Mitchell this year, while it didn't necessarily make as much sense, I'm starting to really wrap my brain around it. Uh, yeah, it was happening in the broadcast. I mean, you know, I was shocked just like you when I first heard it. I, I did not have any intel coming out of Sacramento that that was a guy. I had been hearing Franz Wagner and Alpernin Simgun and Moses Moody 
as kind of the three big names out of there. I don't think at one point anybody in the league or any of my sources in Sacramento mentioned Davian Mitchell. So, one, they kept it really good secret from everyone, which is, you know, good on them. The Spurs, Spurs also did that uh, to us on draft night, and, and the Spurs do it a lot. And or, or, as at least some executives have speculated, and let me highlight speculated, I'm not sure that they have any evidence of this, and I certainly don't. Um, maybe this was Vivek's uh, draft night call. Uh, which happens from time to time uh, in not just the Sacramento Kings front office, but in other front offices as well, where a owner falls in love with a particular player and overrides the front office. And then the general manager has to come out smiling and say, nope, this was the guy at the top of our board. I don't have any evidence that that's the case, but it's certainly how I know several other executives in the league perceive what happened in Sacramento uh, on draft night, uh, again, uh, whether it happened or not, you, you know, and you do have one of those guys there, Buddy Heald, uh, who would have been the pick uh, for the Kings had he not gone ahead of them. And then Vivek uh, sort of held bent on getting Buddy Heald uh, to Sacramento. So he's certainly an owner that has opinions and uh, falls in love with prospects. And so, you know, maybe maybe that's what happened as well. I, I'm not sure that we'll ever get the definitive report, at least not soon. God, I hope that's not the case, Chad. And that's a fear of a lot of us here in Sacramento is that when Monty McNair was hired, this being his first general manager job in the NBA, that he was coming in to be basically an extension of ownership. And there's many of us, myself included, who believe that ownership has gotten too much in the way over this uh, this tenure. The Vivek Ronadive ownership tenure has sometimes overstepped their bounds a little bit and not allowed the people that they hired to make basketball decisions to actually make basketball decisions. So if that ended up being the case, that Davion Mitchell was selected by Sacramento because it was a Vivek Ranadive call, that's definitely concerning. My theory on what happened, what I'm guessing happened, is we talked a lot about Franz Wagner. We've talked about Wagner a ton over the last month as a, a guy that was a right fit for Sacramento. Having him come off the board to the Orlando Magic at 8, I thought it was telling that neither Woj, Shams, nobody really had the Kings' pick until right before it was made. So what I'm thinking happened, or what makes sense to me, is that the Kings, after Wagner was off the board, were, were still working the phones, trying to find a deal. When it wasn't there, they just elected to select the guy that was highest on their board in terms of best player available, and that's why they ended up going with Davion Mitchell, who did not work out for the team. Yeah, um, that's also very possible. Uh, I, I would I would say that almost any front office would have would have game planned for that scenario that Franz Wagner wasn't there. I mean, you you can't have surety, and especially when he was rumored to go to Golden State, uh, as as he was uh, in many mocks, that they would have been prepared for that. Um, I also like that theory for a different reason. One of the reasons I like this pick is Davian Mitchell ended up eight on my board uh, on my final big board, and he went ninth. And so I can't accuse the Kings of reaching here. I can't accuse them of, of you know, going out and drafting for need. Uh, you'll hear me quite often preach the line, you take the best player available when you're a rebuilding team. Now, if you're a championship contender, you can have more flexibility. But when you're a rebuilding team, you take the best player available. This was a terrible defensive team last year. You got one of the best on-the-ball defenders in the draft. Um, this is a, a team that has struggled with culture at times. 
you've got, by all accounts, an incredible culture guy, just like Tyrese Halliburton was um, last year, that can help turn the needle on culture. And you're an increasingly positionless NBA, uh, which means that I think that there are going to be scenarios where we might actually see Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, and Tyrese Halliburton all out there. Uh, at, at the same time, I do think the league prefers to kind of do that with a bunch of wings as opposed to a bunch of smallish guards. But again, sometimes you're looking at from a money ball perspective of maybe where we can get some advantages because teams aren't equipped, uh, you know, to come in and, and defend us that way. And and certainly uh, with uh, with with Davian Mitchell, you're going to get a guy who's going to come out and defend. And so that's partly the warm up for me. You know, the more that I start thinking about it and I let go of the shock for a minute. And I let go of the, wait a minute, don't they have kind of a crowded backcourt for a second? And ask, did this sort of fit a more general rule that you took the best player available and you took a guy who actually does address something that you need help with defense and something that you need help with culture? Uh, I warmed up pretty quickly. What is the ceiling, though, in your mind of of a guy like Davion Mitchell, who I know one of the knocks against him coming into this draft is that he he's on the older side, and, and sometimes that's concerning to teams, although I view that maybe as a bonus in terms of being a day one immediate impact type player, which is what the Sacramento Kings are really looking for. So in your mind, what is the ceiling of Davion Mitchell, not just in, in Sacramento, but just in per, uh, period in his career? Are we talking... Uh, solid NBA starter? Are we talking anywhere close to an all-star? Are we talking probably six-man? Where are you thinking more of the ceiling of, of Mitchell as an NBA player? Yeah, um, he, he he has tier three uh, ceiling, which is uh, as a high-level starter uh, in the NBA. Uh, could he make an all-star game? Maybe Kyle Lowry has been an all-star. Um, and, you know, so, and I, and I see some Kyle Lowry in, in Davian Mitchell. Um, I I think that, that, you know, this was one of these drafts, an unusual draft where we had these guys like Corey Kispert, Davian Mitchell, Chris Duarte, uh, you know, coming at us, very proven guys, guys that I'm very confident and most teams are, are going to have a role in the league and, and going to be in the league a long time because they do something that the NBA wants versus the Zaire Williams of the world, the uh, you know, who have these uh, Kai Joneses, who have these massive, massive upsides, but also have scary floors. And so it is interesting to think about Sacramento and were you thinking that right now we need to hit this pick. We can't, we can't risk swinging and missing on this pick right now where we're at. We need to, we need to get a, a solid double uh, on this pick. And Mitchell offers a little bit of both. Yes. He's older. His upside's a little bit limited, but his upside isn't limited to a rotation player. I absolutely think that he could be a high-level starter in the NBA. And so, you know, it's really inf- interesting because Memphis picks next, and they do the opposite. They just got into the eighth, eighth pick. You could see that there could be a push there, go get a Chris Duarte. Um, you know, in fact, they've kind of drafted that way the last couple of drafts, and instead they go Zaire Williams, and they swing. But I think they're, they're swinging now because they're comfortable of where they're at. They don't feel like they need to expedite the playoff push, where I think Sacramento – I mean, I, I, they say this every year, but I'm sure it's heartfelt. Uh, they really want to make the playoffs. They don't want to keep, continue in the lottery. I'm sure that's heartfelt. I'm sure that's how they're approaching this offseason. And so Mitchell, if that's the case, makes a lot of sense. I did want to ask, last thing that I have really on Mitchell is his potential to, to guard players 
outside of his position at, at six foot two some say he's six foot one undersized for a, a modern guard i've heard many say if he was a couple inches taller uh he would be considered maybe a, a top pick in this draft as high as top three i've heard some people say i don't know if you necessarily agree with that but what's his potential to guard i guess three onward because one and two I think can go hand in hand with him being able to guard both the point guard and shooting guard position but his ability to guard a three and then maybe four and five is going too far with his size yeah he's little Uh, he's strong um and he's aggressive uh but he's little he doesn't have an excessive wingspan you know I think there was some Donovan Mitchell um comparisons early on but the difference was a massive difference in wingspan size uh between those two players and that that just makes a difference in the NBA right now I don't see the Kings employing him switching and drafting three or uh, guarding threes or fours um, in the NBA. I do think he'll be able to guard both ones and twos uh, in the league. And, you know, look, switchability, I'm a big fan. That's why I argued Scotty Barnes over over Jalen Suggs uh, just because of, you know, what he's able to do. But also, you know, Chris Paul, Mike Conley, they're not switching on threes. They're not going to guard threes or fours in the NBA. And their teams were like pretty successful, uh, you know, this year uh, as well. And so I think there's a lot of different ways to build teams. And uh, I, I just, it's just hard for me to get upset with Davian Mitchell at nine. You know, at the end of the day, you got to ask, do you like the player? Yeah, I like the player. Is it going to bring something to the table? Yeah. Uh, is the backcourt crowded? Yeah, it's crowded. Can we figure it out? Probably. I wanted to make sure I snuck in a question about the second round selection of the Kings at number 39, a player that both you and Rafael Barlow are big fans of uh, out of uh, Utah State, Nemias Keita. Uh, when asked about it, Monty McNair said that he was surprised that, that Keita is such an under-the-radar top player for his size. I mean, the tallest player, a natural seven-footer in the draft, uh, averaged a double-double, 15 points, I believe, 10 rebounds, also like 3.3 blocks and 1.2 steals or something along that. In terms of analytics, makes a lot of sense for an analytical front office in the Sacramento Kings who lacks big man depth, and they have a ton of questions at that that center position when it comes to Marvin Bagley, Rashawn Holmes uh, going forward. So uh, Kata makes a lot of sense from a Kings standpoint, and it seems like for a second-round pick, a home run potentially for Sacramento. Yeah, weirdly, it seemed like Kings fans were more excited with their second-round pick than they were with the first-round pick. And I'm like, you know, I get it. He fit a need, uh, right? And, uh, and he is an analytics darling, that's true. Uh, I don't think he's better than Davian Mitchell. So let's, you know, let's just square that away. But I really did like this pick. I, I thought he was underrated. I think Raphael and I both thought that he probably should be a first rounder. I think he suffered from the syndrome that happens in the NBA where he, he declared for the draft after his freshman year, pulls out. There's almost this weird sense among scouts that at that point you're kind of get a label that you failed. Um, you know, that you quit the draft, that you failed somehow. He, he battled injuries as a sophomore. Uh, you know, the same thing happens, you know, sometimes with prospects that go undrafted and they go to Europe and they blow up and they're awesome. And teams just ignore them. They won't bring them back. You know, they're like sc- scouring for, you know, veteran free agents. And these guys are over there dominating and have improved the parts of their game that maybe were their weaknesses on why they didn't get drafted and teams just sort of ignore them. And, and I, I just felt a little bit like that with, with Keita as you would talk to different people. It's sort of like, oh, that guy, like, didn't he come out a couple of years ago? Uh, and it's like guys get better. 
guys work on their on their weaknesses. Guys improve their games. Uh, Io DeSumo is the same thing out of Illinois. He he declared for the draft. Uh, didn't you know? Got got feedback. Went back. Did all the stuff that he asked to do. Improved his jump shooting. Uh, a better play, uh, playmaker the next year. And everybody's like, yeah, wasn't that the guy? Uh, you know, last year. And so it's it's tough. I I think the Kings got a steal here at thirty nine. I think they got a guy that probably should have gone ten to fifteen spots higher in the draft. Um, you know, he. The mobility will that he's he's mobile, but not like extremely mobile. And so, you know, that that will be the ultimate sort of question is, you know, how does a, a pro training st- a staff in Sacramento maybe help get him a little bit more mobile? Because I think there are some things that your staff can do to help you. Maybe stuff that wasn't available to him at Utah State, for example. And if that's the case, you're talking about a really skilled dude that plays defense and actually can get some stuff done on offense as well. I He wouldn't surprise me at all like, you know, Hassan Whiteside and some of these other, you know, bigs that kind of go into the second round. If all of a sudden he just starts blowing up and everybody was like, what's up with that guy? Um, he, he definitely has that potential. And so, again, the Kings addressed a need uh, there. Uh, they got another high-quality uh, character player. It certainly uh, added to my A-minus grade for the Kings that they they got Keita uh, in this draft. Uh, if I'm a Kings fan, I'm, I'm pretty happy. And I, I know there's stuff to do. And, and if I'm upset about anything, I'm probably upset that I could have gotten rid of Buddy Heald. Uh, and at the and, and when Woj reports it, that's usually a lock. Yep. Uh, and at the last second, uh, Buddy Heald's now sitting around saying, I know you almost traded me. Uh, and because uh, I thought that was a good, really good deal for Sacramento. And really, I thought it was a better deal for the Lakers than the one that they actually ended up doing with Russell Westbrook. Uh, so, um, uh more to come, I'm uh, I'm sure, in Sacramento. It was a frustrating way, certainly, to to start the draft. And, and I admitted that no matter who the Kings took at nine, unless someone major fell, uh, I was going to be underwhelmed with the pick. No, Regardless, even if it was my guy in Franz Wagner, just because of how the draft began with the Kings seemingly being used as leverage by the Los Angeles Lakers over these 72 hours that, that those trade talks really picked up. And especially when Montrezl Harrell opted in, it's like, okay, this is actually going to happen like you say Woj tweets about it usually if Woj is tweeting about it it's actually going to happen and then Shams comes in and and breaks all of our hearts but regardless uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you also about Nimaeus Rafael Barlow your co-host there on the show uh, predicted that he could be the king's starting center by the end of the season and and expectations are always wild and you have to be careful right with with second round picks but do you think that's an overreaction do you think that's actually a legitimate possibility because I would be thrilled with a guy like Keita if he became just a solid 15 maybe as maximum 20 minutes a night rotation big for Sacramento because the Kings have been lacking that as well I think it's probably not the greatest uh, season for Sacramento, if that's what comes, but I think he was looking at your roster with Rashawn Holmes and and uh, and Marvin Bagley and saying, actually, you know, one, I'm not even sure Holmes is is there uh, next year, and you know, maybe this is going to be the best option that they have. If it's the best option, my guess is probably Sacramento's looking at another lottery berth next year. To be honest, if if Kate is your starting center, and and certainly again. Raphael, neither Raphael or I know what's going to happen in free agency right now and, and what the, or trades and what the Kings go, are going to do to address that position. Um, like you said, I almost had Montrezl Harrell, uh, who probably would have been your, your starting center uh, if that, if that deal would have happened. And, and so, you know, certainly the, you know, it's one of those things you say on draft night, knowing what you know, 
Uh, but also knowing that in the weird and the NBA is the opposite of the NFL where NFL does free agency and then you fill in your final holes in the draft. And here you do the draft without knowing at all what you're going to get in free agency. And, you know, you, you may find out everybody's so upset that the Kings didn't draft a wing. Maybe there's a wing out there that they're, they're keyed in on in free agency and, and they know it and they know, they know who they're going to get. So they didn't feel like they needed to address it or a big guy. Uh, so there's just so much that we don't know. Uh, yeah. But is it, is it possible? Yes. I think he has that level of talent that he could be, but I'm not sure that's the dream scenario for Sacramento, to be honest. Well, regardless, the Kings still have a lot of work to do, but for you, Chad Ford, for the most part, I believe your hard work is done with another successful draft in the books. Of course, your work for the 2022 NBA draft, I'm sure is, is starting very shortly, but to have you here... <laughs> right. To have you here on Locked On Kings uh, twice in a month and for this entire pre-draft coverage and for you to be a part of that live uh, Locked On draft show that was super successful yesterday. It's really, really cool. I know my listeners appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, for what you do. And I hope you're right about uh, the, the solid grade for the Sacramento Kings because based off their draft history, they need all the good luck that they can get. I think King fans are going to like Damian Mitchell. I think once they see him out there on the court, this is going to be uh, a, a, another love affair. You, you, he's, he's, so, he's so fun to watch. I think, you, I think you're going to love it. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet. If you watched our live Locked on NBA draft show, you saw the bars all over the desk and in the background. Built Bars are protein bars that just taste like candy bars. They're really just candy bars that are healthy for you. The best bar, the best flavor is mint brownie. I encourage you to give it a try. But in addition to mint brownie, they have other great flavors like raspberry, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, and many more you can get a mixed box now on built.com try all these flavors out you'll get two of each flavor and then once you know which flavors are your favorite you can order them in your own custom box at built.com but when you do make sure you use promo code locked on for 15 percent off at checkout 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs like i said they're candy bars that are healthy for you Promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. Huge thank you to Chad for joining me. Thank you for listening and, of course, for watching. If you're here on the Locked on Kings YouTube channel, I really appreciate it. Hit subscribe. Make sure you're going into the comment section down below, leaving your thoughts on the draft, your thoughts on what Chad and I discussed, your thoughts uh, on the Tristan Thompson for DeLon Wright trade. We want to hear your feedback, so please engage me there. Of course, audio listeners at Matt George Radio on Twitter or email me, mgeorgesacklocalmedia.com. You can reach me that way. I'd love to engage in more comments conversation with you there. And like I said, if a big trade happens this weekend, which I think is very likely if the Kings at least want to put themselves in a position to really truly re-sign Rashawn Holmes, I might be doing an emergency podcast. So make sure you keep your eye and ear out for that. I'll announce it on social media. I know not all of you are on social media, so keep uh, checking Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If a new episode pops up, that's because something big happened. And if you see something big happen, I can guarantee you uh, that uh, I'll be doing a podcast on it at some point this weekend. But if nothing happens, we'll be back on Monday, the start of free agency. Uh, the Kings will be introducing their two new rookies uh, in a press conference tomorrow if anything significant happens there. Of course, we will have it here on the lock 
Locked On Kings podcast, so please join me for that. If you could leave a review of this podcast, the best place to do that is on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Make sure you share it with your friends as well. There's a little blurb box where you could say what you like about the podcast. It's also a great place for constructive criticism, so see, uh, please leave your feedback there. And of course, please join me on the next episode of the Locked On Kings podcast, whenever that may be, next week, this weekend, who knows, but I'm so glad you joined me. I'm glad you enjoyed draft week with me here on the Lockdown Kings podcast, and I look forward to more podcasts to come. The California Classic also coming here to Sacramento. We might get our first look at Davion Mitchell there. Excited about that too. Until next time, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Lockdown Kings, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. <laughs>